The Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 32, 1 through 7. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you. While you may be found, surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The epistle reading comes from Romans 13, 1 through 10. Submission to the authorities. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do, do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be, do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. That is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow men has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. In respect to the gospel, please rise. The gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 20. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. 
But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. The Parable of the Lost Sheep See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? If he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. A brother who sins against you. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one of two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Please remain standing for the sermon. God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace be given to you. And they are, through our Lord and our Savior Jesus. We're going to look at Psalm 141, verse 3, these words, where David prays, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I want you to know that the, the message for today comes to you courtesy of Evie Kirchner. And I, I want you to know, too, I called her this week to let her know that I was going to talk about her. And she shared with me that she might not be in worship today because she was attending her nephew's wedding down in Rochester yesterday, and they may not get back in until late. And if she got back past midnight or so, she wasn't going to grace us with her presence. And I said, that's okay. That's all right, as long as I can tease you a little bit. And she consented to that. Because you see, um, back in August, I put in the newsletter that if you had an idea or a suggestion or a topic for a message uh, for some Sunday morning, that please share it with me. And Evie shared with me that she would like for me to preach on Psalm 141, verse 3. And she asked that specifically I preach on it this day, okay? And, and so if this message is good, 
You can thank Evie Kirshner for it. She usually sits right over there. You can thank her for it. But, and and if, it's, if it's not so good, well, you can you go ahead and blame her for it. Okay? Now, if the latter turns out to be true, and this message turns out to be not so good, I want you to remember this, that when you go to Evie to talk to her about her choice of messages, that the words you are going to share with her will be a blessing, okay? I mean, if this is a dud, this sermon, and, and you decide that she is to blame for it, on your way to go and blame her for it, I want you to borrow the words of King David and pray the words of King David so that your words are a blessing to her. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. And, and I'm going to tell Evie that if someone decides that this message was a dud and they're coming up to her to talk to her about this message, uh, that, well, I would want her words back to you to be a blessing to you, and so I'm going to encourage her to pray these words as well, okay? Well, uh, I guess I've, I've teased her, especially in her absence, I've teased Evie enough, I think, and, and truth be told, while the idea for this message is hers, all the work on the message is mine, okay? And if this message is a dud, that falls on me and not on her, okay? Don't hold Evie accountable for somebody else's poor preaching, all right? And if you decide to come and talk to me after the, ser after the service today about this message and how much it was a dud, just remember to pray the words of David before you come and talk to me. And, 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 and if I see you coming, and I can tell from the look on, on your face, what you're going to say to me, I'll join you in that prayer so that my words back to you will be a blessing as your words will be a blessing to me. Well, seriously, our, our words are powerful, aren't they? I mean, whether they are actually spoken or whether we text them or whether we, we post them as a message on, on social media, our words have great power. They have a power to do a lot of harm with our words. We can hurt people with our words, can't we? We can offend people with our words. We can injure people emotionally with our words. In fact, I'll go so far as to say this. With our words, we can destroy and kill people. Our words have a lot of power, don't they? They can also have a very much a, a powerful effect for good as well. Our words can encourage somebody. Our words can build someone up. Our words can turn someone's bad day into a pretty good day. In fact, I'll go so far as to say this. Our words can heal and bring life. Listen to Psalm, or Proverbs 16, verse 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and bring healing to the bones. Think about your words. Do your words bring healing to the bones and the souls of the people that you are speaking these words to? Are your words to others blessings? Which is it for you? The words that you say to others, do they bless 
and build up? Or are they a curse and tear down? Proverbs 18, verse 21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. Now it seems to me that while King David wanted his words to be blessings and give life, he knew that that wasn't always the case with his words. I think that's why he's praying to the Lord. He understands this to be a weakness of his, that he says things he doesn't want to say, and he says things that hurts people. And so he's saying to the Lord, Lord, now please, set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. I think David was going through much uh, the same kind of inner struggle that the Apostle Paul was going through, an inner struggle with his sinful nature. When in Romans chapter 7, Paul wrote these words, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For what I do, not, what I do is not the good I want to do, nor the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. So go back over the conversations and the words that you spoke and had this past week. I want you to especially review the words that you spoke when you were in a time of anger, or words that you spoke out of anger, or words that you spoke when you were envious of someone, words that you spoke out of jealousy towards someone. Think of what you said when you saw that person and you decided that that person, well, I am just going to let it rip and tell that person what I think. Now also as you consider the words that you spoke this last week, any profanity mixed in with your words, any swearing, any cursing, any misuse, of God's name coming out of, of your mouth? You know, I rather doubt that at this moment any of us are feeling absolutely totally good about the words that we spoke this last week. And I would hope that the review of our words that we spoke this last week is making us each wish that we could, we could take those words back which would be a sign of repentance, wouldn't it? But we know the reality is once spoken, once written, once posted, once texted, the words are out there, aren't they? And there's no retrieving of the words. And I think given that, I think we can see our need to make David's prayer our daily prayer, if something's going to change with us so that our words are more blessings to others when we speak them than the other. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, I don't know about you, but I found those last words of David to be kind of intriguing. It made me wonder, what exactly is the door to my lips? 
Well, I think these words of Jesus might help us understand what the door to our lips is. They're from Matthew chapter 15. Jesus has just finished teaching and talking to not only his disciples, but the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law about, about the whole issue of clean versus unclean, okay? And to, to make his point, as is pretty typical of Jesus, Jesus told a parable. And typical of Peter and of the disciples, Peter and the disciples didn't get it. And so Peter asked Jesus to explain the parable. Listen to what Jesus said. And why I think I, the, the, this helps us understand what is the door to our lips. Don't you see that whatever enters your mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a person unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Having heard that, are you coming to the same conclusion that I am coming to in terms of what is the door to my lips? It's, it's my heart. A little earlier, Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 12. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. I also think the very next words of David in Psalm 141 confirm this as well. Because following his prayer of keep watch over the door of my lips, David continues his prayer with these words in verse 4. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil to take part in wicked deeds. And so in reality, when we say, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips, we're saying, Lord, keep watch over my heart. Because my heart is the door to my lips. So can your words be blessings? Judging from what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, they can be. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So how can we follow these instructions of Paul? Or in the words of James, how can we tame? How can we tame the tongue? Or putting it in a more positive light, how can we make it that the words we speak, and you speak about 10,000 words a day, how can the words that we speak be more blessings to people and benefit people and encourage people and build people up? Well, you know, we might think that the answer to those questions lies within us. That the first and best answer to those questions, however, is not to rely on ourselves. 
the first and best answer to those questions is rather to rely on God. That's what King David does. He turns to God in prayer. He relied upon God to answer his prayer because he knew his prayer to God about his words was in keeping with God's will. This is, he knew God wanted this for him. And so David prays, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now here is the good news. God doesn't leave us on our own to clean up our hearts and our mouths and the words that we say to one another. First he comes and he forgives us for all those careless words we've spoken, all those sinful words we've spoken, all those hurtful words that we've spoken. He forgives us for the sake of Jesus. And then he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit to sanctify us, to make us clean, to bring us more in harmony with God's will. And then he hears and he answers our prayers concerning our words to carry out his will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And that includes our mouths and the words that we speak. Ask the Lord for help. Think of how your words might change if you ask the Lord to guard your mouth and, and set a watch over the door to your lips. Especially when you know that you have a tough conversation coming up. To pray this prayer, Lord, set a guard, keep a watch over the door to my lips. Or when you're tempted to gossip about someone or to post something mean or to text something mean about a classmate or a teacher or someone else. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Or as, as this paraphrase of, the, of those words go, Oh Lord, fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. <laughs> well, I think I've almost said enough. There's just these words that remain that I, I want to say now to you, but more so to your God as a way of blessing you with, with my words. I pray today that you will allow God to guard your mouth, that your words will bring glory to God, that your words will point people to God, and that your words will build people up in Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. And just remember, this sermon was Evie's idea.